Thank you so much for joining us today on This Needs to Be Said. And you all know that I am an avid Prince fan. I have been since the age of five. So we're coming up on one year of him being gone from us physically, but his music will always live on. So I got the opportunity to do an interview, and it's a biography, not your typical biography, of his life, and the author is Ben Greenman. Now, I hope I don't tear up. I'm feeling a little <laughs> I'm feeling a little tried right now as I'm getting this opportunity to talk about a man that I've loved so much. I've attended several concerts, and you think you know everything about a man that you've followed since the age of five and being introduced by rambling through your parents' records. But today I get to introduce you to the author of Dig, If You Will, The Picture, author Ben Greenman, and he's going to share with us a different side of print. So for all of you, just like me, thought you knew everything about this man, um, now I just want you to listen attentively. Try not to get emotional. I'm not going to try to get emotional, and we're going to enjoy this time together. Welcome to the show, Ben. How are you? Good. How are you? Yeah, it's okay to get emotional. I think that's a normal. That's the right way to react. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try not to have the knot in my throat too much, though, because then I won't be able to talk to you. <laughs> so you will have to carry the interview. I, I, I'm excited. You want, once you again, can... now... go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say it's fine if you want to cry for a minute and text me questions. You can do that. Whatever works. Ooh, don't encourage me. Okay, okay, okay. Now, listen, as a Prince fan, I, I was, I had the opportunity to say, okay, I want to do this interview. Can I get um, Ben? Can I get an interview with him? Can I get these, you know, 10 minutes in? And then my question initially was, what's going to be different about this book than any other book that I would have read about him? And so, Ben, that's my first question to you. What's different about the way you wrote about him than even if we read a different biography about him or even a biography about anybody else, what makes your work different? I think the first thing is that it's not really a biography. It's a book about my interaction with his life and his work over the last 35 mm. years. I, mm -hmm. I bought 1999 when I was 12 years old, 13 years old, actually, in the summer, uh, in the fall, rather, of uh, 1982 when it came out. And I was hooked mm. at that point, and I bought every record after that, and I went back and bought the earlier ones. All along mm. the way, as a critic and uh, a novelist, I've written about Prince's music. I've written about people like Prince. I wrote, um, in the last five years, books with Questlove, with George Clinton, and with Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. So I've been co-writing books with musicians, was a novelist before that. And all of those things sort of pointed me toward this kind of book, which is a different type of book, where mm. it's really about somewhat about his life, somewhat about his death, but really about his work and the mm. ideas and the topics that he pursued over the course of those you know, four decades. Even though he died very young, he started very young. So he really got mm -hmm. more than a full career in there as an artist. Okay. Well, I want to get into some, some not-so-surface topics um, in this book. So as you were covering his work, putting this book together, and to present it here at the anniversary of his um, passing, what was the most surprising discovery for you? I think that I was really surprised by how 
strongly I was drawn to some of the later work. I mean, like many, many Prince fans, the glory period of my fandom stretches from around Dirty Mind to around Batman, Graffiti Bridge, something like that. And then Mm -hmm. many of my friends who were fans of equal obsession started to fall off. They bought anticipation and didn't like it. They weren't sure about Rainbow Children. They didn't believe in the musicology comeback. They didn't like Planet Earth. And so, you know, one by one, they all disappeared. I, Uh. in preparing this book, obviously, went back and listened to everything. And I was really surprised by how consistent it was. But even beyond that, how uh, brave Prince was in putting out work that sometimes wasn't, I wouldn't say that it was bad. But it wasn't complete. It wasn't slick. It left ideas uh, ex- sort of opened up, but not. Uh, they didn't have closure. He didn't resolve things, and so I really admired that as I went through the work from you know ninety six, ninety seven till now. There are of course records I don't like as much, but almost uh-huh. every record had something on it that connected to the central issues of his of his work. Uh huh. What did he think about sex, God? And the difference between them, because and let me let me uh, preface this with a little more. I remember getting saved. I'm going to be in church. I'm going to give my life to God, and I threw out my whole Prince collection. I gave it. I actually gave it to a coworker. So this has been many years ago, and um, I was like, if I'm going to be saved, I can't listen to Prince music because that's what I was told. But I knew in his music that spirituality, God was always present. And I could not convince the people that I attended church with. But I want to know from you, uh, what was his take on, on, on sex, sexuality and, and God and religion? Well, I think both of those things are obviously central to the way that people, not just Prince, but all people deal with the world. You want to believe that what you do and your pleasure matters. And also you want to believe that there's something that's larger and more important that will outlast you. Mm-hmm. So Prince grappled with that, obviously, right off, you know, right from the beginning. He was a very mm-hmm. sexual artist, and yet every album he dedicated it to God. He spoke openly about his faith. By the time mm-hmm. you get around to Around the World in the Day in 1985, he's dramatizing that. There's songs like Temptation, where he has a dialogue with God, and God tells mm-hmm. him on the record, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know the difference between love and sex. You don't understand the spirit. Go away. And Prince, you know, pretended that he was sort of stepping back from the spotlight and to some degree did. Then you have this whole, the, the real moment where this came to a head was 1987, 1988, where he's preparing the Black Album for release. And that's the most, it's not really, but it's, it's billed as, it's marketed as the most profane sort of dark funk, sexual, violent record of his career. He withdraws it, doesn't release it, and instead he puts out Love Sexy, which is almost a gospel record. It has sex on it, but it's very right. much about positive thinking and spirituality, and that's a record that you would assume anyone in church would let you listen to, mostly. They might have to cut out parts of When Two Are In Love or cut out parts of the, the title song, but it's generally a sort of uplifting spiritual record. I think that mm. war then lasted for many years and he went back and forth and he explored it when he became a witness you know when he became a devout jehovah's witness he also threw out much of his prince collection in a sense there were songs that he Mm. wouldn't perform anymore he would change lyrics but i think even with that said if you look at the late work he started to open himself up again 
And all of these things that we're talking about, race, sex, God, Mm -hmm. violence, fear, loneliness, these are all central parts of human experience. And the best thing about him is how unafraid he was. You know, there are songs, there are these sort of uh, little group of these violent love songs in the mid-90s that I read as breakup songs about Warner Brothers where he has a horrible relationship yeah. or there's one kind of sadomasochistic song where uh, to me, that's about breaking up with the record label. Some people see it as a woman, but he did so many things and all of these lines crossed. So he was able to explore in ways that other artists could not. Absolutely. I know our time is wrapped here. Ben, tell people how they can get a copy of dig. If you will, the picture, there's so much more to talk about so much more to know. Well, it, it's available wherever books are sold, uh, and also they can go to PrincePod, PrincePod.com, to find out more about the book and me and a podcast that we're starting to talk about more of these issues. As you say, with an artist like this, you're only ever going to scratch the surface, and I tried to dive mm-hmm. a little deeper. What I hope is that people through my book get back to his work, that they rediscover an album they loved, or they find an album they didn't like so much and they hop back on it and make sense of it this time around. You know, my real goal is that his work gets, you know, reborn is a grandiose way of putting it, but recharged in some way through listeners, through the book. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Much success on your tour. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to This Needs to Be Said. I hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Send me your comments and show ideas through the website at tntbsmedia.com. I'd love to hear from you.